Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What is going on, everybody? And welcome to the Monday edition of the Stochastic NHL Strategy Show. I am your host, Josh Harris. I'm inside today. I feel like Kevin Weeks. I'm just, I've done the last three shows in different parts of the house. Um, but yeah, joining me as always, partner in crime, Slim Cliffy. How you doing today, Cliffy? Uh, not too bad. Like, are, are you going to do like the next show, like maybe from outside a dressing room and then another one from an, like an airport or something like that? Is this just going to be your bit for the rest of the season? Yeah. I mean, tomorrow my flight got changed. So I was, if we didn't, we have a special one o'clock PM Eastern start time tomorrow, but if not, I was going to do it from the Palm Springs airport, which is like Jurassic park because 75% of it is outside. Like, I don't know what happens if it rains, like there's nowhere to go, but yeah, we'll see where I am tomorrow. Maybe I'll do it from the Kardashians pantry. Who knows? But, uh, we have a six gamer tonight. Um, Nice medium-sized slate. Six gamers are fun. Um, my Rangers on the slate, some firepower on the slate, some backup goalies. So as always, like there is some news to deal with. So we'll we'll navigate through that. Uh, should be a fun little slate. How was your weekend? Uh, not a bad weekend. I was uh, kind of sick, so I spent uh, pretty much the entire weekend in bed, other than the show on Saturday. But I got <clears throat> I got wrecked on Saturday night. Um, I went. I played Colorado. Uh, with some Islanders, um, the Islanders did well. Call, um, they did not, um, but it wasn't the obviously it wasn't the guys that I went with that that scored. Ryan Pulak, I think, had four assists. Um, Zach Parisi had a pair of goals. I did not have Zach Parisi uh, in my lineup, so I didn't do well. I'm one of those. It was one of those nights <clears throat> where I was, <clears throat> pardon me, where I was also mad at myself because uh, we were talking in our Discord and on the show. Um, how Vegas's numbers had been sliding a little bit. Um, Vancouver was playing better. Their penalty kill was uh, much improved. I even wrote wrote up JT Miller uh, in the picks article on Saturday. Sure enough, they go out and beat Vegas 5-1. My original lineup had, um, you know, had JT Miller, had uh, Bo Horvat, had, um, I think, Ilya Mikheyev. I don't know if he scored, though. Um but I had those guys, and then I switched them out and put in Colorado instead, and it obviously didn't work out. But should have just gone with my first instinct. That's something we say a lot here uh, on the strategy show. If you put together a lineup, you're just going single entry. You put together a lineup that projects well that you like for whatever reason. Just stick with it unless there's news uh, that comes out that makes you change your mind because I switched up, and it probably cost me. Yeah, uh, I've always said if I've listened, if I listened to myself on every show, I'd already be retired on a beach with a drink with an umbrella in it. And but here we are, um, still coming to you. Um, but yeah, this is a this is a fun sixth gamer. I like these medium sized slates. And uh, yeah, right before uh, we get into it, give us a like and subscribe so you can keep up with all of our shows, DFS offers, giveaways, and much more. Once you subscribe, hit that notification button to get alerts when our shows go live. Helps me out. Reminds me when I have to go live. I'm just kidding. I usually know. Don't forget, almost all of our content is available in podcast form on the platform of your choice. Help us out by leaving a five-star review. I'll know it's you if you make a comment about the size of my melon. Let's get into the sixth gamer, shall we? Let's start here. Tampa Bay Lightning with a 3.6 total heading into Buffalo. The Sabres have a 3.0 total. Ryan Elliott, Uka Pekalukinen confirmed as your goalies. Tampa plays tomorrow. They're on the front end of a back-to-back. So 
Not surprising to see Elliott start here. That brings the Buffalo top line into play for me. Tampa struggles on the penalty kill. Fully correlated top line. Now, Tage Thompson getting wildly expensive. He's one of the most expensive players on this slate. Uh, Buffalo one not coming in with a lot of ownership for an eight-game slate. You know, I think it's because, you know, Tampa is still a perceived tough, tough matchup. But after you get through, you know, some of these top line matchups, it does get a little bit dicey there for Tampa. And Brian Elliott's a big downgrade from Vasilevsky. On the Tampa side, Hagel is off the top power play. We saw uh, Alex Kalorin jump back up, which kind of sucks. But what can you do? Sergachev still running the top power play. There are double-digit ownership on both of the top lines. In Tampa, they do have a 3.6 total. It is Uka Pekka Lukanen. So, I don't know. I like both sides. What are you seeing here? Yeah, um, I think we also saw Corey Perry get some power play one time last game. Corey Perry. Um, yeah, but I, I was just looking at, at the shift chart, uh, shiftchart.com, great website uh, for checking prior games. Braden Point had just finished like a two-minute shift as that power play was starting, so I, like, I'm just assuming Corey Perry's not supplanting Braden Point uh, on the top power play unit. Um, one other lineup note here, Rasmus Asplund. Uh, back in the lineup for Buffalo, he's going to be skating with Casey Middlestad and Victor Olofsson, uh, Vinny Hinestroza out of the lineup. I bring that up because there were times last year, I think even at the start of this year, when that Asplund, Middlestad, Olofsson line was used sometimes as a shutdown line um, because they really do like um, Asplund and Middlestad together. Uh, they played reasonably well together last year, but Asplund kind of had a rough start to the season. He's usually a very good uh, defensive player um but he had a rough start i think there was some injury um he'd been healthy scratched as well back in the lineup i don't think that'll change too much as far as like line matching goes uh in this game i think you're still going to see uh, uh dylan cousins line um used in a shutdown role sometimes you're going to see tage thompson out uh against brain point uh once in a while so not expecting uh middle stat and to get uh top competition but that's just something to watch out um, yeah, you said it like this Buffalo top line, even though Tage is getting expensive, they've still been really, really good. Um, you know, on the season as a whole, um, 3.7 expected goals generated 4.1 actual goals. The problem had been their defense as they were, you know, giving up a lot, uh, going the other way. They started to improve that a little bit of late. And it's, sometimes I wonder if it's not, if, well, maybe it is it's just the defense getting healthy right because there was a stretch where they were having to play Dolan and, and Owen Power like 27 28 minutes a game because you know Labushkin was out and Samuelson was out uh and I think Bryson missed some games Yokoharu was out like now they've got everybody back so I'm assuming the defensive numbers for that line are just going to keep getting a little bit better but what's worth highlighting is that they're scoring over four goals per 60 minutes which is just an insane amount of offense at five on five and they're shooting under 12% doing it, which means like, this isn't, you know, Montreal one shooting 26% or whatever it was for two or three weeks there. This is perfectly, this is a normal shooting percentage for a high octane offensive line. So, um, you know, maybe it comes down a little bit, but I think we should be confident that this is one of the premier offensive lines in the league. Now, obviously going up against Tampa is a little bit tough, but, you know, the Tampa top line with Hagel and Kucherov and Point, their expected goals against this year is about league average. Their actual goals against is below league average. Like, they haven't been super tough defensively. Um, and as you mentioned, Brian Elliott is starting, not Andre Vasilevsky. And you take all that, plus, um, you know, Tampa Bay's penchant for uh, taking penalties, 3.8 times shorthanded per, year, or per game this year. Um, that's amongst the highest in the league. Uh, this season so Buffalo could get a lot of power power play opportunities that Tampa Bay penalty kills still not very good um, you know not awful but not very good um, I'm with you I kind of like Buffalo one here um, you look at uh, the leverage over uh, on our top stacks tool and I'll bring that up uh, real quick um, Tampa's top line number two right behind uh, the Edmonton top line with McDavid and Dreisaitl coming in with single digit ownership over on DraftKings, um, even lower on FanDuel, where their price uh, is jacked up a little bit. So um, I don't think there are going to be a lot, you know, even 
for a short-ish slate like this with only six games, I don't think there's going to be a ton of people on that Buffalo top line. So I do like going back to them. Um, you know, I guess if you really wanted to save money, like you could take off Thompson and put in Dylan Cousins instead because Cousins is getting some top power play minutes. But with, with how much Tage Thompson is shooting, like I don't think he's the guy that I would leave off uh, of a Buffalo top line slash Buffalo power play stack. Like, you know, I'd probably be more inclined to leave off uh, Alex Tuck, um, maybe Jeff Skinner, but even he's had some pretty huge games of late as well. So um, I don't mind turning into some sort of power play stack either, but I really do like that Buffalo top line uh, here tonight uh, at home against Tampa Bay. The second line has has been good as well. That Paterka, uh, Quinn, Cousins line, um, not a huge sample. They've only played about 55 minutes together, which, you know, at five on five, we're looking at maybe four or five games worth um, of data. But, you know, 5.4 expected goals generated, that's a huge, huge number. They're taking uh, a lot of shots when they're on the ice. Um, Dylan Cousins has <clears throat> seen his ice time rise to about 18 minutes, um, you know, especially now that he has that power play one time. He is shooting as well. So it's not as if. He's like William Carlson in, in in Vegas where, you know, pretty much all he does is pass or Alex Lundberg in Seattle or something like that. Um, he can shoot. So uh, I don't really mind that Buffalo second line. I just don't know if I would outright stack them because they're super cheap. But other than Edmonton, like where are you really paying a ton of money here tonight? You know what I mean? Um, like if you're stacking, uh, you know, Drysaddle, McDavid, and Hyman, then yeah, okay. Um, maybe you need to, you know, drop down and save a bunch of money, go with Buffalo 2 or something like that. But other than that, like, there just really isn't a need for it. So I think, you know, the Buffalo depth would be more one-off options for me, like a one-off Cousins, one-off Quinn. Uh, I think even a one-off Victor Olofsson, again, um, is perfectly fine. So that's kind of where my head's at on the Buffalo side. On the Tampa side, uh, like I mentioned, that Buffalo top line really does like to trade chances. Um, defense has gotten better. Um, like I said, maybe it's about, uh, the team just finally getting healthy, but they are generating a lot as well. They're generating more expected goals in the Buffalo top line. They're just having a little bit of a tougher time finishing. Um, but Nikita Kucherov, like he's averaging four and a half shots per game in the month of November. Um, he's just been lights out. Braden points, still not super expensive. Um, I think both top lines are, are very much in play here. Uh, you know, the Tampa Bay top line is a little bit cheaper, but I honestly think I like the Buffalo top line here a little bit better, especially with Hagel um, likely off the top power play. You get the perfect correlation with Buffalo. They're at home. They get Brian Elliott. I'm not like the Buffalo penalty kill is not very good either. Um, but in, in that kind of matchup, I would just take the home team. So, uh, you know, if, you know, all else being equal, just go with the home team. And that's why I think um, my favorite line in this game is Buffalo one. After after that, like I, I don't think there's anything that I'm stacking from the depth um, of Tampa Bay. Uh, Tampa two is coming in as one of the most over leveraged lines uh, on this slate. Um, Stamkos is not shooting near as much as he was earlier in the season. I think he's down to about three and a half shots per game in November, which you know it's still good. Don't get me wrong, but uh, it's a far cry from what he was doing, uh, you know, through the first couple weeks of the season, first you know two three weeks or whatever. So. There are a lot of depth pieces that I like uh, across this game. Um, you know, I do think one-off Corey Perry is fine, you know, playing on that third line with Alex Barry Boulette. Um, but if I'm going to stack anything, it'd be either of the top lines. And I think I favor Buffalo um, as a home team, generating a lot, um, coming in with less ownership here tonight. Yeah, and if you look at our projections, right, the Buffalo top line is, on DraftKings anyway, is only projected for – 0.6 points less than Tampa one. And they're coming in around half the ownership. Yeah. So if you are a, you know, if you do follow the projections, which, you know, a lot of people do, I'd rather take Buffalo one here. Now I think Tampa Bay stacking Tampa Bay here is perfectly fine. If you want to go like point Kucherov stamp coast or point Kucherov Kalorn for that power play exposure. I think that's perfectly fine. Like Ukapeka Lukanen, was in the minors for a reason. He hasn't had great numbers in the in the AHL this year. Uh, you know, Buffalo was starting Craig Anderson and Eric Comrie over him. That's all you really need to know. Like, their penalty kill isn't great. So I think, you know, just because we like Buffalo here, we aren't trashing Tampa Bay. They are just coming in with more ownership. I think the power play spot is perfectly fine. I think you can go there. No problem. And also, the 
I, I have stacked Buffalo a few times this season. I've left Jeff Skinner off and I've got absolutely burned because of it. I think Buffalo one is into that conversation where you just kind of just full stack that line. And it's just hard to leave someone off because if you leave them off, you're going to end up just hating your life. But, you know, if you do, Godspeed. Let's move to the blue line. I think Rasmus Dahlin is in a very good spot. You know, we've seen him up in the mid eights at points this season. He's 7,600. Uh, I think that is perfectly fine. Tia Samuelson, Owen Power, Henry Jokiharu, if you're looking to punt. On the Tampa side, there just isn't much there. If you want to use Sergachev for the power play, I think that's fine. Like, you don't have to add him in. Eric Chernak is at a punchable price, but that's really about it. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com slash renew to learn more. Yeah, um, Yoka Haru's been playing around 22 minutes of late. So, you know, even though he's not full min, you know, full punt, uh, min price here today on DraftKings, I still do like him um, at 2,700. Like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of tempted by that Victor Hedman price drop, but without the top power play time, like, I think it's really, his price is really just kind of fine. You know what I mean? Like, um, the top power play has been very important um, to his fantasy value uh, over the last couple seasons. Um, he had 130 points in 136 games over the prior two seasons, uh, and 62 of those points came on the power play. Over half his production came with the power play. Um, now that he's off power play one, he loses all that production. Not all of it, but certainly you know like 80 80 plus percent of it. So. I think his price is honestly just fine. Like I'm wondering if people kind of flock to it um, just because it is down so low. I mean, we do have him at 12% owned on DraftKings. That does feel a little bit weird, but um, I do kind of worry about Dolan's uh, peripherals too. I know he had the shot bonus in his last game, but he has, a, he's had quite a few like one shot, two shot games of late. So um, I, I guess Dolan is fine, but I, Honestly, it feels weird to say, but I think my favorite defenseman in this game is Yoka Haru, considering Bryce and all that. Um, I think uh, it's a long way of saying I might be looking elsewhere for my defenseman. Yeah, and you know what's going to happen with Hedman? He's going to go down to like 4,300, and they get moved back to the top power play and be like 58% on the yeah. next slate. Yeah. That's like that's like guaranteed to happen. I know the answer to this question. I think I do anyway. Any interest in Elliot or Pekka Lukanen? <laughs> no. No, no, no. Yeah. Even though 6,900, I just – I mean, I always, Tampa Bay is so efficient with their shots. He can give up like four on 23. Just, yeah, th- that's the thing. It's like it, would you rather play 6,900 Lucanin or just, you know, pay the extra $100 and play Corpus Allo? You know what I mean? Or, or the goalie from the next game going up against the Fraud Leafs. What a segue. It's like I'm a professional or something. Toronto Maple Leafs, 3.3 total heading into Detroit. The Red Wangs have a 2.8 total. Matt Murray, Vili Husso confirmed. Vili Husso, 7,200 at home, by the way. I like Vili Husso. Um, Leafs going with these banana headlines. I guess they've been working. Um, status quo as well for the Wings. Not too much. Like, I, like, the Leafs always get ownership, so they're double digits. It's not really – it doesn't seem like a lot to me on this slate. Wings top line, you know, under 3%. It's an interesting MME game for me. I don't know. Like, obviously, if you want to get to the Leafs here and use Matthews and Nylander or Tavares and Marner, this and that, I think that's fine. I just don't know if I'm getting to any of this game in one to three lineups. I like this game, but, like, there's just much more things that I like if I'm coming down to one to three lineups. What are you seeing? Yeah, um, Toronto finally broke out there uh, in their last game, or some of their players did. Mitch Marner had eight shots on goal. Um, Shooting Mitch is always a good Mitch. Yeah, um, if I'm not mistaken, that was like as many shots as he had in his prior five games or something like that. So, 
you know, whether it's start of a trend or just a blip, I guess we're going to find out. It was an interesting game because I think Matthews had three points. Marner and Nylander each had a goal and assist. And then John Tavares had like nothing with a couple shots. So uh, the stack he needed was Matthews with the two wingers. Um, I guess some people probably could have had it. Uh, yeah, the, that Toronto top line, um, their defensive numbers haven't been that good um, since they've been put together. Um, below, av- below league average, actually, 2.7 expected goals against in 90 minutes. Um, they're giving up more shot attempts than they're taking, which is something that's incredibly rare uh, for Toronto, for Austin Matthews line. That's not something that you usually see happen. They usually take a lot of shots. Um, you know, the ice time is uh, inconsistent. Um, as we do like to say, uh, there are games where they play a ton. There are games where they play very little. Like he had a 14 minute game a little over a week ago uh, against Buffalo did, you know, next to nothing in fan, in uh, DFS. Uh, played 17 minutes against Toronto, but he had a goal to assist. Like that's that, you know, that's absolutely what he's capable of, even if he doesn't play a lot. I'm just wondering, like, I, like that's got to be a one-off game for Toronto because you know putting up six shots in three points in 17 minutes not something um, Austin Matthews typically does. Usually he needs those 20, 21 minute games. But the reason I bring that up is because the Detroit top line has actually been playing kind of fine. Um, Again, not a big sample. We're looking at about 65 minutes. That's, you know, four or five games worth of ice time. Um, 2.9 expected goals for, 2.2 against, 5.7 goals for, 1.9 against. Um, wildly outshot attempting the opposition. Um, that Detroit top line has been pretty good um, since being put together. Your boy Dominique Kubalik um, has certainly um, kind of revived his career in Detroit. But the one thing I'll warn against that is I was looking at Detroit's recent schedule, their last five games were Anaheim, San Jose, Columbus, Nashville, Arizona. How dare you? (laughs) There there isn't much of an easier stretch in the NHL than that. Um, You know, maybe take out uh, San Jose and Nashville, put in like Philadelphia, Montreal or something. Um, But it it was a pretty easy stretch of games, but they are playing pretty well. They are perfectly correlated uh, on the top power play unit. All of them are taking – a fair bit of shots. There aren't a lot of minutes for the wingers. Um, On Saturday's show, we talked about how um, the New York Islanders were tending to play their three centers a lot and then just rotating their wingers through. Detroit's kind of doing the same thing um, with their forwards um, as Dylan Larkin uh, plays a ton of minutes. Um, He's been up near 20 minutes a game. And then the next uh, most used forward is actually Oscar Sunkvist, another center. Um, And then a bunch of wingers after that so like the wingers will play a lot less than than larkin but that they play together at five on five and the power play is what's important here um i don't mind detroit one here but i think i'm kind of in your boat where it would be more of a mme thing you know if i was playing 10 20 50 150 liners or whatever that's when i would get to detroit like with detroit one coming in at eighteen thousand eight hundred, and then buffalo one coming in at nineteen thousand, i would probably rather just play buffalo one um in this you know on this slate in that matchup um rather than play them against toronto but i have no real problem going to that detroit top line here um they have been good it's not a terrible matchup um very low ownership. Um, they are one of the better leverage lines of the night coming in um, just behind that Buffalo top line. So I do like that Detroit top line here. Detroit two is kind of weird. Um, Andrew Kopp and Tyler Bertuzzi, decent numbers in a very small sample, but I wonder how much we a we can rely on that sample again, given that recent schedule uh, and B and Kopp really looked bad um, pretty much the entire season um and they aren't playing a ton of minutes like 15 16 minutes that's really not a lot so um i know that toronto's second line typically not very great but they have what they are doing is kind of grinding the game down and playing to a relatively slow pace um that's a problem for dfs i mean you're always relying on percentages but if you're not um if you're not generating a lot if you're not uh, allowing a lot then you're really relying on just uh, complete outlier games uh to accumulate fantasy value so i'm probably out on detroit two detroit three is kind of interesting just because sunkfist does get quite a bit of ice time has been on the top power play uh of late 
for the Red Wings as well. Um, you know, I think Sunkfist makes a fine one-off if you want to pair him, you know, with Adam Ernie or something like that because you need uh, to save a lot of money, um, you know, to get up uh, to that those Edmonton guys. I think you can do that, um, especially on DraftKings where Sunkfist is listed, listed as a winger. And obviously, you know, if you're playing Edmonton, you might be double-centering with McDavid and Nugent Hopkins, let's say. So um, if you do have a double-center build, that is kind of one of those, you know, double wing combinations that I don't mind, but it is Detroit top line on the flip side. Um, the Detroit penalty kill has been pretty good this year. And that's one thing that concerns me because a lot of the Toronto fantasy value this season um, has been coming from the power play. Like over half of Austin Matthews's goals this season have come on the power play six out of his 10 goals. So um, he has been very reliant on power play production so far this season where the Detroit penalty kill has been, pretty good and they don't take a lot of penalties either they're below league average time shorthanded per game like if i were to play anything it would be i would just go to the toronto top line um i would just go to matthews kneelander uh and bunting um you know matthews is still shooting quite a bit um even if he's not playing as heavy minutes every game as he typically does um that the top line has traded chances at times um particularly uh, earlier in the season. So I don't mind either of the top lines here, but I think this is a case again, where I would uh, go with the home team top line, you know, in a nutshell, uh, considering ownership and considering matchup and all that. So uh, Detroit one is what I like best here, but I certainly don't mind uh, Matthews, Nylander and Bunting. Yeah. And I just need to apologize. It is wildly windy outside. I'm kind of choppy. My internet's not doing too good right now. So if you see me, it's windy. Uh, let's move to the blue line. Not too much I like from this game on the blue line. I guess you can add in Maurice Cedar uh, if you want. 5200s, all right. He just needs to start shooting the puck a bit more. Oli Mata, not a bad punt at 3,500. Jake Wallman, 2,800. On the Leaf side, I think you can go to Mark Giordano, obviously at 3,800. If you are power play stacking, you can add in Rasmus Sandin at 2,700. Like, otherwise, I mean, I guess you can punt with Hole or Lilligren. I just, you know, I, I'd rather just go to Giordano. Yeah, um, I would say like if 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 you need the savings, I would probably go to Lilligren over Sandine again. I just don't think this is a very good power play spot uh, for Toronto. So I think the sub three K guy that I like in this game is Lilligren. He has been playing twenty plus minutes since the injuries hit. Um, he is a pretty good um, offensive defenseman for the Leafs, so I don't mind him. On the Detroit side, uh, can Philip Ronick keep doing this? Like he's just been. Uh, kind of on fire uh, a little bit. Uh, like I, he's look, he looked like the player he was, um, you know, back in his first season. He's five was it five goals in his last five games or something like that. And he has multiple point multi point games in three straight. Um, I don't think he can keep doing it, but he's reasonably priced at forty five hundred for what he's been doing of late um, and uh, for the upside that he apparently has, but. Um, you know, Cedar's really not doing a whole lot other than, you know, if he's putting up point production. So, like, he's fine. I think in this game, it is the Toronto defense and I like best. I would probably either – I agree with you. I'd go to Giordano if I had the money. If not, I don't mind using Lillogren. Yeah. Any interest in Billy Huso, especially on DraftKings where he's cheap? Yeah, I don't – if if you need one of those cheap uh, goalies here tonight, I, d- I definitely don't mind Huso. He's – having a, a good season. I think he's a good goalie. Um, could see a lot of volume here tonight. I, I don't mind him. Um, there are other goalies that I'm looking towards. So. Fair enough. We are sponsored by BetMGM, and we have a no-brainer offer for you. Bet $10 and win $200 if any team scores a goal during the World Cup. You can also on 0-0, and you still get the $200 in free bets. Click the link in the description, pin comment below to sign up. Bet must be on a pregame money line. The World Cup started about eight days ago. This offer has another week left. It is available everywhere except for New York, Pennsylvania, Mississippi, and Ontario. Also, if you're in Maryland, sports betting just started. So if you haven't made a BetMGM account and you're from Maryland, I don't know what you're waiting for. You can literally 20x your money with free bets and start a BetMGM account. So click the link in the description. There's also a pinned comment you can click as well. Get on that. I don't know what you're waiting for. It has to be first-time depositors. So especially if you're in Maryland, I doubt 
you have if you don't have a BetMGM account, you haven't deposited yet. So get on that pre-game money line bet only. Get your two hundred dollars in free bets. New Jersey Devils three total heading into the Garden. The Rangers also have a three total. Probably going to be Vitek Vanacek. Probably going to be Igor Shesterkin, Gerard Glant blowing up their lines because the Rangers blew a three nothing lead against the Oilers over the weekend. Going Chris yeah, Kreider. What happened? Nothing. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> uh, going Chris Kreider, Mika Zibanejan, Jimmy VC, second line of Artemi Panarin, Philip Hedel, Capo Caco, third line of Alexis Lafreniere, Vincent Trocheck, Barclay Goudreau. Now, like, if you want Vincent Trocheck to be the third line center, I think that's fine. But I think you do it with like Julian Gauthier and Vitaly Kratsov on his wings and you use it as in a sheltered role. And then you have like the fourth line be the the first or the fourth line going out against top comp. I don't think, you know. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to first choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com slash renew to learn more. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I think you move, in that case, you move, you know, like Alexis Lafreniere with the top line with Kreider and Zibanejan. And you have that sheltered role for the young kids with Trocheck. But I'm not the coach. Anyway, I, I do have some interest in that Panarin Heedle Kako line, especially if Capo Kako starts finishing. He's been very unlucky to start this season. I think you know Panarin will complement him pretty well. This isn't the best matchup here. There isn't much ownership here on either side. I think a lot of the Rangers' problems are evident. Like they had these problems last year. The problem is Igor Shesterkin saved everything that was coming at him this year. He hasn't been elite. Um, not much ownership on both sides. I think honestly, like, yeah, I don't, I still don't like stacking against Igor Shesterkin, but I think with the devils coming in at lower ownership, I think I prefer the devil side. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's not a lot of ownership. Um, on either side here, right? Uh, the top line for the Rangers coming in at about 7% ownership, the top line for the Devils at 3%. So it's less, but there's, you know, there's not a lot here. Um, luckily enough for us, that line with Jimmy VC on it with Crowder and Zbanejad has actually played a reasonable amount together this year, 65 minutes. Done pretty well. Four expected goals generated per 60 minutes, 2.9 actual goals. Um, I was looking at some recent performance, though, and Kreider has been shooting um, less than he was earlier in the year. Um, Mika Zibanejad, his expected goals has started falling off um, from a very, very strong start through the first three or four weeks for him. So I think there are some reasons why they're shuffling the lineup, but it does make it a lot tougher um, to kind of stack these guys because, I mean, A, they have been moved um, all over the lineup. Um, you now have uh, power play guys across three lines uh, for the Rangers. Um, that's a little bit tough. And, I, you know, the second part is, are they going to stick with these lines all game? Like, you know what I mean? Is what they start with, what they is that what they're going to finish with? That's kind of the other question. Um, it is a very tough matchup going up against New Jersey. Um, that New Jersey top line, um, with Hishier uh, and Brat has been excellent, um, you know, in a small sample, um, 82 shot attempts generated per 60 minutes, only 49 against um, in a very small sample. In a larger sample, Hishier and Tatar have been very good this year. Hishier and Brad, we talked about it on the last show, have good numbers going back to last year. So 
Um, I think it's just a very tough matchup for the Rangers, which is probably why you're only seeing a, you know, a three total, which is the same um, as Buffalo, um, which is really just kind of a one line team. Um, the Rangers supposed to have three lines, but you know, we'll see. Um, Holla Hughes and Mercer is kind of interesting to me on the New Jersey side because Hughes and Mercer have played together quite a bit this year and they've been like excellent together. 110 minutes uh, at five on five for Hughes and Mercer together this season. 3.8 expected goals for per 60 minutes, only 1.9 against. So half um, of their expected goals for rate, 5.1 actual goals generated. And I was looking at some scoring chance data. Uh, for the you know first seven weeks of the season or whatever, um, it wasn't a huge sample because these you know the data I was looking at is by a guy named Corey Snazer who just he hand tracks <laughs> hundreds of games, so it takes him a while to build up a big sample. I think it was about seventy minutes um, for Dawson Mercer, but he was like amongst the best in the league uh, in creating um, scoring chances for both uh, himself and for his teammates. Like I'm talking up there with like uh, Kevin Fiala, Patrice Bergeron, Tim Stutzler. Like he was off to a real good start this year. Um, there are a lot of uh, underlying numbers that show pretty high offensive potential. And with Nathan Bastian injured, um, he was moved to the top power play unit. I think he was over 20 minutes in their last game. I don't know if he's going to play 20 minutes again, but he should get a lot more ice time now. He's on the second line top power play unit. Uh, and you're going up against Hedl and Panarin. Going back to last year, their defensive numbers not very good. 3.6 expected goals against in 125 minutes together. Panarin typically not very good defensively. Um, Hedl is. He's kind of struggling a little bit this year offensively. I wonder if it's you know his role or, or if there's something else going on. So I wonder if they struggle to generate against that Halla, Hughes, and Mercer line. So I kind of like New Jersey too here. Um they're not coming in with much ownership either, you know, four, five, six percent. Um, they're not super expensive, especially because Mercer just got that new role. So, it, you know, his price hasn't reflected um, the, his change in, in the, you know, within the team's hierarchy. So you could stack Hall, uh, just Hughes and Mercer for 10,500, which is a pretty, you know, relatively cheap two man duo. I think it's a good matchup against that Ranger second line. And it is a tough matchup against Igor, but I was looking at why his numbers weren't quite up to par from last year to last year. It's basically just the penalty kill. Um, he was, I think it was a 933 save percentage on the penalty kill, kill last year. year. Yeah. yeah, and this year it's only 850. Now 850 is probably low for him, but you know, goalies can have a single bad season in this regard on the penalty kill. Like we're only looking at a you know, 200, three, you know, 300 minutes, whatever, 400 minutes um, at four on five. So uh, with Mercer and with Mercer jumping that top power play unit, I definitely, I think I like that Hughes Mercer hollow line more than his year brat to tire in this game on the Rangers side. It it would be the Rangers top liner bust for me, but um, with New Jersey, not really taking a ton of penalties. They're a little bit lower than league average. Um, I think I would probably just lean uh, to to that Rangers top line if I was going to stack anything in this game. Um, but it is that that devil's second line that I do like best. The Rangers penalty kill itself, I think, is fine. It just seems like Shesterk is struggling a little bit on the PK. So um, devil's two for me out of this one. Yeah, I kind of agree there. I think, you know, the more lines you make, the more you can get from this game. Like, it's probably like, – I hate using like historical game, like with no stats to back it up. But every time you get these Rangers Devils games, it's pretty choppy. It's pretty low scoring. Um, don't mind, you know, dipping down to the Rangers third line, going like Lafreniere, Trocheck. But like in one to three, like I kind of agree with you. You go to the top line or bust there. I, I do like that call on Hughes Mercer. Like Panarin's a different player from Patrick Line. Don't get me wrong, but like. They're similar defensively. Like they're just, they always drag down their line, their line mates. So, yeah, going to Hughes Mercer definitely makes some sense. Let's move on to the blue line here. I don't think you have to add in Dougie here, but I think, you know, at 6,500, you can. Ryan Graves' price just doesn't move. And I think you can go to him on the Rangers side. Probably going to be, you know, Truba or K. Andre Miller, but that's about it. 
Yeah, I do like Truba a lot. Like I, he's probably going to get into the double di digits for ownership because he's priced all the way down to five thousand on DK. Um, he's not quite that on FanDuel. FanDuel is sixty four hundred, so I wouldn't worry about ownership there. I think he might be a little bit high, but this does seem like a good game for him to rack up those peripherals, right? Especially blocks because New Jersey takes so many shots. So where his prices come down, like. Truba's probably one, one of my favorite defensemen on the slate here tonight, considering his price. So Truba, yeah, Ryan Graves, I agree. Don't mind uh, Jonas Siegenthaler either. Yep. Um, any interest in Vanacek or Igor? Yeah, always, always have interest in Igor, especially against a team that shoots as much as New Jersey. Um, Igor's at or near the top of my priority list for goalies here tonight. Yeah, concur. Just hope he holds up on the penalty kill, but that's we'll find out. Yeah. Uh, Vegas Golden Knights with a four total heading into Columbus. The Blue Jackets have a 2.5, probably Logan Thompson. Daniil Tarasov confirmed for the Blue Jackets. Johnny Gaudreau was absent from morning skate. He is a game-time decision. He has an illness. Oh, boy. This is like – this is – if this was two weeks ago, I'd be all in on Vegas 1 at this ownership. But they have struggled a bit recently. They – their prices have come down a tiny bit, but you're not getting a massive, massive discount here. They are double digits in ownership. They are fully correlated. If Johnny Gaudreau doesn't play, coupled with Daniil Tarasov in that, what are you doing with Vegas 1 here? Yeah, um, to kind of speak to what you're talking about with that Vegas top line struggling, um, Jack Eichel doesn't have uh, a single game in his last eight games with more than seven shot attempts. Now, seven's actually a decent number. Um, but to that point in the season, he hadn't gone more than five games without more than seven shot attempts. Like there are a lot of like eight, nine, 10, 11 games sprinkled throughout the first four or five weeks of the season. So there's definitely been a little bit of a downturn offensively for that Vegas top line. Um, that being said, this is still such a good matchup for them. Um, Columbus's penalty kill has kind of fallen apart completely since they got there, since all those players got injured. Um, I was just looking uh, through their last their last eight games. Um, the only team giving up more shots on the penalty kill per minute uh, is the team we're going to talk about next, actually, in the St. Louis Blues. But Columbus is 31st for shots against on the penalty kill in their last eight games. There, there's just too many injuries to their blue line. They're relying too heavily on too few guys um, and then other guys that probably don't really deserve that role. So um, I think this is a chance for the Vegas power play to kind of finally get there. Now, they don't really generate a lot of opportunities and Columbus doesn't really take a lot of penalties either. Um, but I like I don't think they need five or six power plays here tonight to to get on the scoreboard. Like I think they might only need two or three. Um, so I do like Vegas one here, but they have been generating less three expected goals for in their last 125 minutes together. It's not a tiny sample. Um, that's about 10 games worth of ice time. Um, they just have been skating less uh, or been generating less, sorry, um, as a, as a line and with Eichel shooting less and their prices still, you know, pretty consistent in that 18, 19 K range. Like, I think there are reasons to fade Vegas here, but I think the matchup is just too good to really get away from, especially if Gojo is injured. Like, the Nyquist-Jenner-Gojo line had actually been pretty good for the Jackets. Um, 3.1 expected goals for, 2.7 against, 3.1 actual goals for. Problem was the goaltending behind them, as it's been for Columbus much of this year, um, has been uh, very poor. But if they don't have Gojo, like, how are they going to be generating offense? And then, you know, the defensive numbers get worse and et cetera, et cetera. So especially if Gojo is out, I really like Vegas 1 here. Vegas 2 is kind of interesting to me. Marcia so Smith and Carlson, their numbers have been fairly consistent um, all season or well, at least since they got put together. Um, Jonathan Marcheseau has 19 shot attempts in his last seven games on the power play alone. Um, he's averaging um, nearly three shot attempts per game on the power play. Like he's shooting a lot with the man advantage. And like I just talked about, Columbus's penalty kill has been pretty bad since all those defensemen got injured. So I don't mind Vegas too here. I know they're coming in a little bit over-owned. Like they might be, you know, pushing 10% ownership here tonight, but they've been playing well. Columbus, I know Columbus, 
like they they line up as if Cole Sillinger is their second line center. But if you look at the way Ice Time's been working out the last couple of weeks, it's actually the fourth line that is their second line. Robinson Corrali and Matthew Olivier have been the fourth have been the quote unquote fourth line, but have been playing 16, 17 minutes a game, particularly Robinson and Corrali. Um they're, they have not been that good defensively this year. Three expected goals against per 60 minutes, 3.4 actual goals against. Um, I think that's a matchup that really, really favors the Vegas second line. So um, I'm not playing anything from Columbus, especially where we don't know uh, Gojo's status. Um, maybe the defenseman will get to those. I think the line that I like the best in this game is Vegas too. Yeah, I'm out in Columbus as well, especially with the unknown with Gaudreau. Uh, you want to get to them in, you know, MME in like after you're making like 50 to 100. Yeah, go for it. Um, me and one to three, I, I wouldn't say it's an easy X, but like it's one of the easier ones on the slate for me um, on the Vegas side. Yeah, I, I do like Vegas too here. I also like Vegas power play. Like you leave Stevenson off, add in Marcheseau or, you know, go Eichel, Marcheseau, Petrangelo, something like that. But yeah. Four total with not massive ownership. It's kind of hard to ignore, especially with the backup of the backup in net. Johnny Gaudreau possibly out. Teams missing like the whole blue line besides Gabranson, who, you know, <laughs> they would actually benefit if he was out. So I mean, he might be out tonight. I think he's a game time decision. So um... <sighs> changes everything now. But like, um, yeah, Columbus is a mess. I mean, they would have been a mess if they were fully healthy, but this is this roster is a skeleton of what they normally are. Let's move to the blue line here. Petrangelo, 7K. I think you can add him in if you want. He's been doing pretty well since he's jumped in price. You want to go to Shea Theodore if you're using Vegas too. I guess that's fine. Uh, I know Jake will. Uh, otherwise, you know, like Alec Martinez on his block party will probably continue. On the Blue Jacket side, Gavrikov. Or hasta la vista, baby. <laughs> yeah, I do like Gavrikov here tonight in that mid threes range, um, playing heavy minutes. He's going to get some power play time um, now. Um, I think he pro- stands a pretty good chance of the block bonus um, with the way Vegas uh-huh. can't shoot the puck. So I like Gavrikov. Shea Theodore, 4,900. Like, I know he's getting 11% ownership, but man, he- like we talked earlier in the year about how he wasn't shooting. That's completely turned around. He's averaging, I think, like three and a half shots per game over his last eight games. Um, if you're worried about Petrangelo and, you know, Vegas getting enough power plays for him to really get there, especially where Petrangelo's peripherals have been falling off a little bit, um, I think Shea Theodore makes a lot of sense. So, like, Theodore, also another one of my favorite defensemen on the slate tonight. I concur. It's our biggest Cyber Monday deal ever. This is our way of saying thank you to the best DFS community in the world. We appreciate all of you supporting our shows, podcasts, articles, etc. Without you, this would not be possible. That's the truth. So what we're going to do for you is we're going to give you Stochastic Platinum for a week for $5. That's 90% off the weekly price of $39.95. Use promo code THANKS or click the link in the description to take advantage of this killer deal. This deal ends tonight at midnight, so if you were ever thinking about doing it, now is the time you get the keys to the whole car here for $5. You can test drive the site for a week. You can decide if you want to continue or not for $5. If you play DFS, no matter what you're playing a night, for $5, getting access to everything will definitely help you, including the World Cup projections, which is nice. Um, So, yeah, I don't know what you're waiting for. This is a big... Great offer for you. Tents left, two games to get through. Let's hop to it. We have the Dallas Stars with a 3.1 total. Heading into St. Louis, the Blues have a 2.9 total. Jake Ottinger, Jordan Bennington confirmed. Robert Thomas is out tonight with an injury. Uh, Blues going with a top line of Pavel Buchnevich, Ivan Barbashev, Vladimir Tarasenko. Second line of Sada Riley. Levio, third line of Jake Neighbors, Shen Kairu. Now, both of these teams are playing like nine games in the last 13 days, something ridiculous like that. Uh, the second line for the Stars is now Mason Marchment, Radic Fasca, and, and Tyler Sagan, which means, you know, our boy Dennis G down to the fourth line. Not surprising. They yo-yo him all over the place. Um, yeah, like – 
Dallas Stars, top line, top power play, in play for me. The Blues give up a massive amount of shots on the penalty kill. The total is not too high here, but the ownership isn't crazy high. I, I, you know, I don't mind going back to Dallas one here. Yeah, I, this is one of those cases where, um, you know, 3.1 total doesn't look like a lot, but you got to imagine if they score four goals, you kind of know who's going to be involved in those goals. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's why, uh, you know, their projected, our DraftKings projection is uh, for nearly 40 points, which I think trails only uh, the Edmonton top line here tonight, uh, Josh Seidel, McDavid. Uh, so obviously that Dallas top line is in a pretty good spot. They're face, they're going to get the matchup. Uh, Brandon Saad, Ron O'Reilly and Josh Levo. Now they haven't been bad, but they haven't been great either. 2.7 expected goals for 2.6 expected goals against for 60 minutes this season. Now, a Ryan O'Reilly line is not one that typically has great expected goals for numbers. They're a line that is really patient with the puck and looks for like a perfect passing play and relies kind of on percentages, but it's the expected goals against that's interesting to me because um, usually Ryan O'Reilly is excellent defensively. He's had kind of a tough season this year. Um, the numbers since Josh Levo joined that top line, surprise, uh, not great defensively. Um, so I, I think it's perfectly fine to go to Dallas one here tonight. Like I know the ownership is a little bit high, 12, 13%, but like, I think that's fine for a, a slate this size. Um, you know, their ownership is coming in right in line with like, you know, the Tampa top line that is also on the road and uh, the Florida second line, which is also on the road. And we'll talk about them in a second. So it's nothing outlandish. And we've seen the upside that these guys have. Um, and the other thing, what is, is, um, you know, we talked about on the last show, they're playing more minutes. Um, that was a big concern back in October with uh, this Dallas Stars team was they're really spreading out the ice time. Um, they're basically all playing the top line anyways, playing 18 and 20 minutes of late. They're all around 19 minutes in, the, in their last game and they got benched for the last five minutes. So, um, you know, they would have been over 20 minutes again. Um, I do like that, that Dallas top line here tonight, as you said, and as was mentioned earlier in the show, um, St. Louis giving up a ton on the penalty kill, the most shots against per 60 minutes um, over their last 12 games. Um, again, not a tiny sample. Dallas, the best power play in the league, um, the best top power play unit anyway. Um, I really do like Dallas one here tonight. They're right up there, um, I think, with uh, Buffalo one um, as one of my favorite top lines uh, on this slate. So I do like Dallas one here. Going down, St. Louis 2 is kind of interesting. Buchnevich, Barbashev, Tarasenko haven't played much together this year. Played over 100 minutes together last year. Um, like the Buffalo top line, they like to trade chances back and forth. Not great defensively, but they do generate as well. Um, it scored 3.9 goals per 60 minutes at 5-on-5, five five, so they're really good. That Dallas second line hasn't really been great defensively this year. Um Without Dennis Gurianov there, about 150 minutes, uh, 2.9 expected goals against per 60 minutes. It's Jake Ottinger that's been saving them. Now, I think Radic Faxa is going to help them defensively, but he had a bad season last year as well. Um, bounced back has, has bounced back a little bit this year, though, which is why he's found his way back to the second line. But I don't think Dallas that Dallas line is going to have uh, uh, too easy of a time generating offense here in this game. So I don't mind that St. Louis second line um, with Barbashev and Tarasenko. Um, you know, the problem might be is that they're going to be coming in uh, with some reasonable ownership because they're not um, super expensive. So um, it would, if anything, it would be the Dallas second line or St. Louis second line. St. Louis three is also kind of interesting to me, Tarasenko and Shen. Um, or not Tarasenko and Shen, sorry, Kairou and Shen. Because Kairou and Shen um, have been able to generate this year. The Dallas third line has been giving up chances against. It's probably been their worst defensive line, even though they do generate some good offense. So I think a two-man of Shen Kairou is fine. Um, but it is that second line I like the best uh, for St. Louis, um, you know, that Barbashev tarasenko line. But more than anything, uh, it's Dallas one for me. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you can add in Jamie Benn as well for that power play exposure. He's getting much less ownership. He's been shooting the light like his shooting percentage is just bonkers and he's on a bonkers pace but this is a very very good power play spot so let's move to the blue line here if you 
move on narrative street justin falk's wife just had a baby this morning he is expected to play tonight he is 6300 tory krug down under 4000 i think you know if you're using that buchnevich tarasenko line i think falk or excuse me krug at that price makes some sense on the Dallas side, Miro Haskinen's prices dropped a bunch. He's around the same price as Maurice Cedar. They have the same issue. They need to start shooting more. Uh, I think Essel and Dell at 2,900 on DraftKings or even Yanni Hockenpah, the Finnish Jake Hari is fine tonight. Yeah. Um, I don't mind Haskinen at 5,300. I think that's probably a fine price for him, like high fours, low fives. Um, he's fine as a one-off uh, defenseman tonight. I think I would probably rather play Shea Theodore for a little bit cheaper, um, but I don't mind Haskinen. Um, I'll mention Colton Pareko on FanDuel. His price is just not moving on FanDuel. I think for good reason. He's not doing a whole lot, but he's still pretty cheap over there, so don't mind him on FD. Last game of the night, Florida Panthers with a 3.2 total. Heading into Edmonton, the Oilers have a 3.4 total. Bob is probable. Stewie Skinner is confirmed. Oilers running it back with dry saddle with David Pugliarvi on the top line. Matias Janmark, Nugent Hopkins, Hyman on the second line. It appears Barkov is out, or at least a game-time decision tonight. Going with Nick Cousins, Sam Bennett, Matty Kachuk, Carter Verhage, Anton Lindell, Sam Reinhart. Now, obviously Edmonton power plays in play here. I don't think I'd outright stack that second line, especially at that ownership think I'm going to that top line or power play stacking on the Florida side. If that Lundell Reinhardt combo sees Nugent Hopkins, Hyman, Yanmark, I do have some interest in them. What are you seeing in this game? Yeah, I'm with you. Lundell, it's Lundell, the Lundell Reinhardt for Hagee line that I do like best here. Um, the problem, you know, they're just coming in with a fair bit of ownership. We have them at around 11 or 12%, which is a lot for a second line, you know, quote unquote second line, but they are the second line here, but, um, I, I think it's a pretty good matchup going up against uh, Edmonton too here. Like, I just think there are, you know, even with Barkov out, I think there are reasons to use that Florida second line, you know, among them being the price. The Florida top line is kind of interesting here because Bennett and Kachuk have played a lot together this year and did real well together. Um, 120 minutes for Bennett and Kachuk this season. Three and a half expected goals, four per 60 minutes, 4.8 actual goals for only shooting 10 and a half percent when they're on the ice. Playing pretty, pretty well. Um, even McDavid and Dreisaitl aren't that great defensively um, uh, between them. Uh, Florida one really not getting that much ownership, you know, seven, eight, nine percent. Um, you know, they're going to play a lot as well, uh, 19 to 20 minutes. I don't think you have to full stack. I think you can leave off cousins, but I don't mind that Kachuk Bennett, but I really do like the Florida top six here. And with Edmonton, it's just, you know, you play the top guys. There's just no, there's just nobody else on the roster. If they're not, if they're not on the top power play unit, I'm not rostering them. So it's just kind of the way it goes. Um, both teams take a lot of penalties and draw a lot of penalties. So I, it's the power play guys that I would definitely focus on here. Um so I think you're even flying, flying to Florida power play stack here in this game, especially where you get reasonable prices on Lundell and Reinhardt. I agree there. Let's move to the blue line real quick. Aaron Ekblad running the top power play, 5,700. Montour as well, 6,800. Tyson Berry still on the top power play unit for whatever reason at 3,600. That's probably a fine price, honestly. 3,600, I would consider playing him. The problem here, like I like, I want to like Evan Bouchard. He scored twice last game, but he only played 14 minutes. He is 3,200, but... You know, Nurse, 4,300. I, I, these prices are crazy. Yeah, well, with Nurse, I was looking at – he had a couple big games right at the start of the season, but he's gone 15 straight games with fewer than 16 DraftKings points. So um, he hasn't been shooting a lot, so I think it's fine. Honestly, I think Aaron Ekblad is a defenseman I like the best here. He's been putting up peripherals since he came back. Um, Edmonton does take a lot of penalties. I worry about the power play without Barkov there because no Barkov plus obviously no Huberto. Like that takes a lot out of the out of their passing ability. But um, I I do like Bar or Ekblad here tonight. He's right up there for me with Shea Theodore amongst my favorite defensemen on the slate. Yep. Coming up right after us, top of the hour, no house advantage Monday night football, at 3 p.m. Eastern with A10 and Jeff. Then the No House Advantage Monday Night NBA at 3.30 with E. Mac and Terry. So stick around for that. Uh, also, don't forget to click, click the link below and sign up for 
bet MGM, deposit $10, win 200. It's that simple. Who are you liking in net tonight? Uh, just talked about that game. I like old Stewie Skinner here tonight. Florida likes to take a lot of shots. Edmonton loves to give them up. Um, really like him uh, on DK. Uh, Igor, obviously, I mentioned that earlier. I'd also mention uh, Matt Murray on FanDuel. Um, pretty cheap over there still. Don't mind him uh, if you're playing on FD tonight. I'll just add, uh, I did have interest in Corpy Sala. He's not starting, so I think the cheap punt that I'm looking at is Vili Huso. Um, who are you liking for your hat trick pick? I think I went with him last week, maybe, uh, but we're going to try this again uh, in a good matchup. Jonathan Marcheseau. I knew you were going there, so I'm going. Jamie Ben. Jamie Ben. <laughs> Mic check. One, two, three. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> if, he, if he gets a hat trick, I will be logging off early. <laughs> probably same. I haven't built my lineups yet, but probably same. But for uh, Slim Cliffy, I am your host, Josh Harris. For both hosts, we'll just be called. We'll be back tomorrow at a special time, 1 p.m. Eastern, because my flight changed and I am a diva. Uh, sorry about that, but 1 p.m. Eastern. We'll see you tomorrow. We'll see you on Twitter. See you in Discord. Good luck, everybody. Good luck tonight, everyone. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.